Welcome to the Swim Swam Breakdown. As always, I'm Coleman Hodges coming to you from Brooklyn, New York. We're joined by Swim Swam Editor-in-Chief Braden Keith from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and first-timer on the Swim Swam Breakdown, Michael Heyman from Naperville, Illinois. He's tuning in from the hometown of the one and only Braden Keith. All the, all the best swim analysts uh, come from Naperville, Illinois. We don't know yet if Michael is going to uphold that tradition or if he's going to wreck it for the rest of us. Um, so, Michael, welcome to the podcast. Don't screw this up. Yeah, thank you. I, first time on the podcast, but uh, been watching some Skip Bayless all morning, so be ready, be ready for some, uh, some hot takes. Number one rule of the podcast, everybody's here to listen to Coleman and me, so don't talk to me. <laughs> Uh, it looks like it's going to be full of hot takes. We've got, uh, I think it's fair to say we've got a lot more parody in this men's meet. By the way, this is all about the 2022 men's NCAA D1 championships. So if you tuned in for anything else, just leave now. And no, that- don't leave now. Watch anyway. <laughs> and with that, let's just go ahead and get started. We're going down the psych sheet. First event of the meet, 200 medley relay. Is Louisville going to defend? I don't think so. I think Florida, um, we have to remember at at SEC's, Florida was without their breaststroker for the Florida medley relay. They did have him for the 200 medley relay. Um, But I just think Florida coming off of that kind of, I mean, they dominated SECs, but they were missing so many swimmers with the COVID issues. Um, I think they're going to be raring and ready to go. you know, looking down the psych sheets, the the most interesting here is Cal for me, which is the 12th seed, and they're definitely going to move up from there. Um, so looking at the team battle as we continue to talk Cal versus Texas for the next few minutes, um, that's going to be something important to watch because they're going to be in a slow heat because of the time finals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great point. And I agree that, that Louisville um, – probably is, has a hard time holding off um, Florida, probably Texas and Cal as well. And for me, Louisville, the interesting move was keeping Albiero off of that relay at, at ACC's, allowing having White do backstroke and Dalton Lowe having the great 50 fly split, um, which obviously frees him up for the rest of the um, the other four relays for them at the meet. I, I agree with the Florida pick. I, I also think that uh, Cal probably, as you said, moves up from 12th, probably contends for a top three spot. Um, you know, th- we know they have great backstrokers. We know they've got Seeliger at the end. Um, and I think they have, they have a lot more to give as they got better through that Pac-12 meet um, as it went along. There's going to be a few good teams in that slower heat. NC State is down there too. Uh, they're 14th, and I think they're going to move up from that. You're fools. <clears throat> Why would you bet against Louisville, the, the biggest, the most well-known team to move up from conference to NCAAs, we've documented ah. it for like the last decade. Uh, 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 uh. I just ran the numbers, <laughs> Coleman. That's true for the women. It's not true for the men. Louisville had an amazing NCAA championship meet last year, right? They won uh-huh. the relay. They won the individual. They uh-huh. still lost 40 points versus seed. Oh, interesting. Uh, not regardless, Louisville's going to win that. Louisville's going to win that relay, even though the only team to win a relay from a not final heat, uh, since we've done this timed finals, which has only been two years. So not a ton of data. One year. So this is year two. No, no, no. We, it, it happened two years. 
Oh, we didn't have it in 2020. Yeah. This is a good stat. Tell us. Uh, Cal. Last year there were Cal men, four hundred free relay. Cal men, four hundred free relay. Uh, one. So, so between that and the women's meet, so we've had three meets where it's happened. Three NCAA championships where it's happened. Cal men, four hundred free relay. The only people to do it. They're not going to do it in this one. No way. They don't have the breaststroke leg. Louisville is going to defend. End of story. <clears throat> All right. Let's talk about individual events. Relays are boring. Uh, you don't want to talk about the 800 free relay, which is actually going to be exciting. Yeah, probably. Uh, so Texas is fifth seed. That's the biggest surprise to me. Um, Georgia as the sixth seed. I mean, I well, Texas two-time defending champions. That's why it's surprising to me. Um, but we got Arizona State at one. It's at a half a second ahead of Florida, and then we got NC State and Stanford, um, which kind of are like this is like all the top five teams. Cal squeaked into the tops, the top heat at eighth. Um, who do we see here? There's a lot. There's a lot of big players. Do we pick Florida? I mean, can we pick Florida to to sweep the day one relays? I don't know. It, Florida will have Bobby Fink back on, but he was only 134 at NCAAs last year. Um, so I'm not sure that's Bobby a big Fink. game change for them. I think I'll put Bobby Fink on that relay. Uh, Wait, no. Bobby Fink wasn't at SECs. Correct. But he anchored them at NCAAs last year. Did he really? They're not going to win with Bobby Fink. No way. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. This is a wide open one. I'm feeling Texas. It, it, you know, they just seem to have the, the best and the deepest collection of 200 freestylers. And that seems to be a, a difference maker in this relay. Like whoever can, whoever can not have a 133 on their relay is going to win. That's, uh, or, or whoever has the best 133 on their relay seems to usually win it. Um, so I, that seems like Texas to me this year. So I think I would take Texas. Yeah, the and the 200 free has for a long time been one of Eddie Reese's bread and butter events, and, and the 800 free relay, especially moving it to the first night, is going to have everybody being fresh. But I think Texas, especially with with Kibler, with Foster, like there's as Braden said, the the depth is better than Florida, where Kieran Smith may lead off 129, but then what comes in behind him? Maybe it's Mestre, it's probably Trey Freeman somewhere, maybe it's Bobby Fink. Like, I just don't know if they have four guys that can that can go 132 or faster. They're probably giving up a second and a half somewhere on that on towards the end of that relay um, to Texas. Uh, so I, I think I go with the Longhorns on this one. Georgia is the interesting ones to me. So they were sixth last year um, with two freshmen and two sophomores on the relay. And this year, somebody's getting bumped for Matt Sates. Um you know, they went 132, 133, 133, 133. Um, and this year that could be with Sates, that could be like 130, 132, 132, 132. And that's a winning relay. Um, yep. So I think Georgia is the real wild card in this one. I disagree. I think the real wild card is NC State, <laughs> who's going to be right next to Texas. They've got a killer freshman class and they're hungry to get back their 800 free relay title from three years ago before Texas won the last two. Uh, <clears throat> I think their 200 free depth 
goes a little unnoticed because they don't have those. They're not like stars, but they've got Hunter Tap. They've got the Big Cheese, <clears throat> uh, who's Sam Hoover. They've you know they've got a lot of talent that like can easily drop one thirty twos, and they have. And I think I think if it comes down to a fight between them in Texas, I think they can pull it out. Who's their fourth leg? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I think that's going to be their problem. I think they're going to be, I think they're going to be like a 133 mid where they need a 122 high if they want to win on that fourth leg. Um, ACC men's 2022. I got it up. Uh, they're so at ACC's. Uh, somewhere, I bet. Right? They went Sam Hoover, Luke Miller, Eric Knowles, fifth year in Hunter Tap. Yeah, but they were 32 6, 31 0, 32 7, 31 9. Okay. I mean, yeah. So I, I'm, just, I'm just saying it can happen. <laughs> I don't know that calling the third seed to a win is really a wild card, though. Yeah. But it, it, we haven't talked at all about the top seed, Arizona State, right? Like that we've spent all the time looking down, looking down the psych sheet. Like we're the top seed by half a second, you know, Marshand is a stud grant house is the top seed in the individual 200 freestyle. Like there is like, they have the horses to also wear. And, and, you know, looking at the psych sheet, we've got five teams between six Oh seven, five and six Oh eight, seven. Like there's a reason that we've, we've talked about four or five or six different teams that could feasibly win this race. I still don't trust Arizona state's taper. Um, we didn't learn a lot out of, out of the women's meet. Um, I don't know, but the, what was the message? You know, they had a pretty good meet in 2019, 2018, more or less held their seeds. 2017 was rough. So, you know, they're getting better at this taper thing, um, at holding the taper to NCAAs. I think, I think maybe the reason we're ignoring them is because we don't trust that double taper yet, but, um, maybe we're wrong. I don't know. I do think I it takes last year. I do think it takes 606 to win. Yeah. Uh, with the American U.S. Open meet and NCAA record being 605.08 from 2019. Can we talk about individual I'm events now, please? I, dude, we're just gonna about getting to there. 500 free. Thank you. Matt Sates, top seed, 409.06. We got freshman Luke Hobson, two freshmen, the top seeds. Karen Smith is third, defending champ Jake McGahee, fourth. And, and then we've got a lot of other dudes. Uh, I think it's, I think it's Kieran. I think it's Kieran. I, he, you know, he's added from SEC's to NCAAs the last two years. Um, it's clear he took a different path this year uh, with a 410 at SEC's after breaking and then tying the record at the last two. So I think, um, I think Kieran is wound up for this as long as he avoided that bout of COVID that was going around the Florida team and didn't miss a bunch of time after SECs. I think it's got to be Kieran. Yeah, I think it has to be Kieran too. But it, it, the question mark for me, even though he's defending champion, is Jake McGahee. Like he missed a, a decent amount of time in the fall, including their midseason invite. Um, came to SECs, you know, four ten is is solid, but well off of the four oh seven that he was last year at NCAA's. Um, you know, if we feel that, that Kieran is going to be at a, in, in 406 range, which based on what he did last summer, going 343 long course, um, if he's ready to go for this meet as, as Braden thinks, I don't, I don't know if McGahee can go 406 low, 
Um, I don't know if he has the top end speed to, to hang with Kieran at that point. Um, but it, like, I, I think McGahee's has to, you know, have a shot here as the defending champ. I'm going Matt Sates. <clears throat> He's got the international experience. He has no fear and he has the back end like nobody's business. He, he will, he's, we've seen him take on the world's best and he doesn't miss a beat. He back halves the crap out of his races and then just crushes everyone. I think 40906 is like the basement for him. I think he could easily be 407 low, 406 high. And uh, I think that would win the title. I could see that. Like, I, I have a hard time believing they put much prep for him into SECs, given how late in the season he arrived there. Um, I have to believe maybe a shave in a suit, but probably not a whole lot of rest because they knew he was going to have no problem getting in. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I could buy that. There's, there's a lot of youngsters kind of down the list that I'm curious about. We've got uh, sophomore Jake Mitchell, who's coming off of the Olympics. We've got uh, Cal freshman Gabe Jett, who like just had an insane midseason meet and then really did not do well at Pac 12s. And I'm kind of curious about that and curious to see if he can kind of get back on his horse for NCAAs and maybe make an A final, maybe make a top three. Um, so it's going to be a good race. Uh, 200 IM. <laughs> can anyone dethrone? The uh, the French Sun Devil coming out of Tempe. Besides his teammate, um, Arizona State one two seed is a big deal for me. Um, you know that's Bob Bowman shining at his best in the IM races. Um, you know this is a wide open race. We've got Hugo Gonzalez way down the the list. Uh, Destin Lasco, I think, is probably the main the main. If I had to pick one guy to beat Marshawn, it would be Destin Lasco. Um, I think Marshawn is going to be fine. I think we tend to see the Europeans maybe handle these double tapers a little better than some of the Americans, just because it, it feels like it's more in their culture to race fast more often. Um, so I don't know. I think he's going to win it, but I think uh, if anybody's going to challenge him, it's a seven seed Destin Lasco. Yeah, I, I had both Lasco and Gonzalez highlighted on my psych sheet as well. Uh, last year at this meet, Lasco came in as the 51st seed with a 145. Granted, he, he put more emphasis on this race at Pac-12 um, than obviously he did last year coming in. But um, like he came in from with the 51st seed and finished third last year uh, with 140.0. Like I, I definitely think that there's a um, – and he's he seated faster in the 100 back and the 200 back than he was last year at this meet. So I think he's in a better spot coming in to uh, make another move up, go 139 mid to low and definitely challenge Marshan. If, if, if Marshan is slightly off or just exactly the same as he was at, at Pac-12s, so I, I think Lasko's got a real shot. I, there's a lot of Michigan guys in a lot of these races. Jake Mitchell, you talked about in the 500 free as the Olympian. Um, Gail Cohen here. I, it, does it feel to anybody else like Michigan is just in, in spiral mode right now? Their women weren't that good. They're, uh, they've lost a lot of men to transfer portals or just taking the semester off. It, it, it doesn't feel like a good scenario that is conducive to fast swimming. 
Yeah, it it seems like there's something going on internally that you know that the women were yeah the women weren't very good um, and it is it I, it doesn't seem like the men were great at conference um, so yeah I, I'm <laughs> I'm I'm not apt to pick Michigan swimmers super highly unless they're just an automatic for this meet as well I agree with that Braden I'm surprised we haven't mentioned the two American wonder boys, Carson Foster and Luca Orlando, who are the five and six seeds. Luca had a great sec meet. Uh, he seems to have, you know, kind of come into his own. It seems like Carson is kind of on that same boat. I think they both took years to adjust to their college switches, um, after, you know, after the 2020 COVID year. And I think they're both going to, going to bust onto the scene. Personally, I think Leon's going to have a Hugo Gonzalez year where he adds from conference and, and doesn't quite perform at NCAAs, especially with the unknown data of the Arizona state double taper. I think Carson and Luca go one, two. It's interesting with both of those guys, like they, they both came off of Olympic disappointments last summer, not making the team, right? Orlando was third in both the hundred and the 200 fly trials. Foster was was 408 after trials, right? There, so there, there's something that comes in of working to make the Olympic team, and both of them have have bounced back and been resilient through that. So I think that there's definitely some some positive energy for both of them coming through to this meet. I mean, I think Carson is going to be on a war path to prove that he's not the guy that doesn't show up and swim fast in the right heat. I, that could work against him, right? He could go 138 in prelims um, and then bust in finals because, you know, that's kind of what he did at trials. He looked so good in prelims. He came out of the pool. He was bouncing, looked like he had more, uh, and he added time and missed the team in finals. Um, so I think I think for Carson especially that managing the, the rounds and managing the meet is going to be crucial for him, maybe more so than anybody else in this field. Agreed, but I think uh, I think they're going to do it. I think they've both got chips on their shoulders, and they will fulfill the prophecy. Everybody, this is swimming cold, and everybody's got a chip on their shoulders. And <laughs> when it works, they were right, and when it doesn't, they ignore it. <laughs> Leon does not have a chip on his shoulder. Uh, Fifty free. We picked Jordan Crooks top seed by point one four to get eighth. Who do you think is going to win? Yeah, people are mad about that pick, but you know, we, the the conversation about Tennessee right now is that they are not handling the double taper well. They haven't for years. Their women added 160 something points from seed or lost 160 something points from seed, which is among the worst we've ever seen. And so what we have to understand is that if we think Tennessee men are going to lose points from seed, it has to come somewhere, right? Like that 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 that's not just like a magical team number that happens. It happens on individual races. Um, and so for Crooks, you know, you look at this field and it's Curry 18-6, Seeliger 18-7, David Curtis 18-7, and then a whole lot of guys at 18-8. Um, and so it's, it's a matter of, it's not like he has to implode to finish eighth, right? He adds two tenths, three tenths, I mean, we, we've seen freshmen add that kind of time before, and all of a sudden, that's a sixth, seventh, eighth place finish. Um, you know, I think I think Bo Becker is maybe the 
the recent example of this, when he had his breakout at Big Tens and he went 18-6, he came back at NCAAs and went 18-8. So it's not, it doesn't like take an implosion in the 50 free to go from top seed to finishing in the bottom three of the final. Um, So I don't think it's that big of a leap. You know, to me, it, it feels like Bjorn Seeger's race to lose. I think he's got something kind of stupid fast in him, 18-4, 18-5 maybe. Um, and then Brooks Curry, David Curtis is sort of the same story as Crooks. We'll see if he can hold on. Um, you know, I think I think we missed by not talking more about Cameron Achinachi and that, that preview. He was so good at Denver, and now with his Texas training, it looks like he's just – move to a whole new level. Um, so he's probably the dark horse to win this. Yeah, I, I've personally been looking at, at Curry. I mean, he's he's probably a little bit better at the 100 than he is at the 50. He's he's not the underwater superstar that, that Crooks is or some of these other great guys that are at the 50. Um, but, you know, making the Olympic team last summer, the dude's just been on a roll for the last last 12 months. And, and he's I think this is his race to win. Um, the other name that I was looking at was, was Yosef Ramadan sitting in the sixth seed from Virginia tech. Um, dude had a bit of a disappoint, disappointing NCAAs last year with false starting at the prelims of the hundred fly. Since that, since that point, he has just been nails for Virginia tech all year long. Um, 1880 in the sixth seed, you know, if, if, if Crooks falls back a little bit, um, I mean, Ramadan, I think has, has a great shot at being top three in this. All right, over under. Um, so Texas men have Cameron Achinachi, Drew Kibler, Daniel Kruger in this 53. Kruger and Kibler are seated pretty far back in the 20s, but you know, it's the 53, yeah, so it's not that much by time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So um, over under two and, two and a half guys from Texas make the A final in the 53. Under. Under. I think two do. You don't think there's room for all three? So which one do you think misses? No, Kibler, Drew. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I think Drew could make the B final for sure. Um, I think Danny could make the A final for sure. But, like, could. I don't think those are sure things, though. I think it's safe to say, too, because, I don't know, maybe Krieger misses a little and Kibler has a lights-out 50. But, I mean, I you have to be 18 to make the A final, I think. And... Uh, that's a tall order. <laughs> for... There are a lot of bodies. There are a lot of people that, that can go yeah. 18-9 or faster. And at a certain point, like either you got to know that you can go 18-7 to get yourself in or you're, you're rolling the dice in the 50. I think Brooks Curry is going to be no better than third. And I think Adam Chaney is going to beat him too. I think that's, yeah, I could see that happening. I mean, it's just, it's so tight. We got 14 guys who are 19-0 or faster. I mean, that's almost a and B and I don't think it's going to be quite that fast to make it, but like, you know, we could definitely see 19 two not make top 16. Um, this was, this was the race when we were doing last chance meets and somebody moved from like a 19, three, one to a 19, two, six or something and moved from probably not going to a lock to be in just by dropping a few hundreds. That shows how kind of crazy deep this race is. Yeah. I think the real sleeper here is 35th seed Dean, the dream Ferris. <laughs> uh, I'm, he hasn't had a great season, but I'm really curious to see if that's on purpose. Again, he's just saving a huge monster taper for the NCAA meet, or if he's just kind of one foot out the door 
you know, this is his last year. And then it's, you know, it's, it's on to drier pastures. <clears throat> so I, I'm not saying he's going to win, but I do think he has a definite chance to make it back. And I'm really excited to see what can happen there on to day three, 400. I am feels like we just talked about IMs. Uh, do we think 334-4 for Leon Marchand? Can he do that again? Because if he can, he wins. Do you think you don't think Hugo can go 334? I think 334-4 hands down wins. Well, if two guys go 344, four, 334, four. I I think <laughs> I think Hugo can go 334. Uh do I, I don't think he will. <laughs> uh, you know, I, it, there's so many, again, it's just like the 200 I am. There's so many like odd ducks in this race of, of guys who feel like they have 334 potential and just struggle to do it in the A final at the NCAA championships or similar scale of meets, um, Hugo and Carson, specifically the two and three seeds. So, yeah, I think you're probably right. If Leon goes 34, it's a tongue twister, 334-4, he probably wins. Um, but I, you know, I could see Leon also going 335 mid. I don't think that's like, again, it doesn't take a huge implosion to add a second in the 400 IM. So I, I like Hugo here. I think he's going to not make the mistake he did last year, and I think he's going to get in that A final, and I think he's going to win. Yeah, my, my question with Hugo is it's not just last year that he's kind of disappointed NCAAs. He did it when he was at Auburn. Like there, there have been multiple instances of, of Hugo just not stepping up to the plate at, at the biggest meet when, when it's needed. And is he talented enough to challenge for the title? Certainly. Like he, he could go that 334, 335 low that, that we've been talking about. Um, you know, and he's, he's now a fifth year senior. He's what, 23, 24 years old. Like he's, he's a different, hopefully, uh, you know, a different swimmer than he was, especially his freshman year at Auburn, much have a lot more experience to be able to pull that off. Um, but I, I, I think it's Marshan. I think it has to be. There's to be a, over a full second clear of the field after Pac-12s, um, you know, if he can go, as Coleman said, if he goes through, I think if he goes 334, anything, I think that's enough to win. Um, you, you don't think Foster, Carson's going 334? I think Carson's going 334. I, I'm talking myself in circles. <laughs> I recognize that, but I think Carson's I, going 334. I think one person will go 334, and whoever that is wins. <laughs> I, think, I think I can agree a few guys with that, who can but do I don't that. think it's going to be Leon. Okay, I like that argument. I'm curious about Mr. 39th seed. Bobby Fink, what he's going to do. He went 336-9 last year to win in a, in a definite upset. And then he won the 800 and the mile at the Olympics. So we haven't really seen what he's done because he was out at SECs, but I feel like he's gotten better. You know, it's like he has a 335 in him, I think. And if he does that and like he's only – a body length or half a body length behind Carson or Leon or Hugo. It's like, Oh, 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 oh man. You know, I, I think I agree that he's definitely gotten better. He, he is the defending champion, but we have to remember he didn't have the fastest time, right? Hugo was faster out of the B final. 
Um, it's kind of indicative of what we were talking about that. Yeah, he won, but 336 high isn't going to get there this year. Um, I think we also can't ignore, I guess we don't know exactly how long he was out of the pool, but in the, in the mile for sure, he's got enough gap that five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 days, however long it was out of the pool, he can probably still win that. I don't think that's the case in the 400 IM missing that chunk of training. Um, so that's, that's what leaves me nervous with him. Um, I could just as easily see him out of the A final in this. I've said it before. I'll say it again. The missing SECs was planned. He's just really, uh, winding up a monster taper for this, for his last NCAAs, but that's my conspiracy theory. Moving on to the hundred fly. We got a 43 already in this heat from oh from stanford sophomore andre minikov does he only get three years is that yeah right? that's interesting that's the first time i've noticed that huh <laughs> well there we go uh can is anyone going to catch andre i think yusuf is the obvious one right um there's a lot of guys in this field who can albiero's down at the seventh seed like that's indicative of who can catch him um it it I don't know, man. Like, I want to read too much into it and know if the whole Russia thing is weighing on Andre at all. Um, I don't know if that's if he's isolated enough from that being in California or if that's still hitting him pretty good. Um, but other than that, I don't know. I, I think he's the favorite. Um, I think Yusuf's going to go 43. I think we could see like four 43s here. Four? <laughs> who, who, who are your four? Four. I, yeah. I hear Albiero. We'll make I hear me you call four. Andre, Yusuf, Luca, and Nicolas Albiero. Mm, 43. That's some serious speed, man. You got to have Nitro for that. I yeah, do not I, see that. Well, I, you're wrong. I think, <laughs> I think you, at this point, like I, and, until somebody else goes 43, the guy who's been 43 is, is the leader in the event, which is, which is Minikov. And um, he's got the international experience having medaled at the 2019 worlds in the hundred fly. Like he, he knows how to manage the big stage and, and, uh, and perform well on the big stage and, and the NCAA championships is just going to be another one of those, um, performances for him, you know, Stanford was lights out at Pac 12s. I think that's a little bit of, and we'll, we'll actually touch on that a little bit later. Um, that's maybe a little bit the, the wild card there that they swam so well at Pac 12s is how well are they going to be able to repeat those performances a couple weeks later? But in, until somebody else goes 43, the guy that's been 43 is, is the favorite in my book. I actually don't think anybody's going to go 43. I think 44 0 is going to win it. Um, but I, I think it's crazy how many guys, like how long ago did we say, no, Just no way there are 10 guys, guys going under 45. <laughs> no, no, nobody's going 43. It's going to be 44-0 to win. Zero take integrity over here. <laughs> okay. So um, looking at the team race, uh, Cal's highest seed is 23rd. Texas's highest seed is 24th. <laughs> um, do we think that either will score in this event? Yes. So Cal's only entry in the event is Daray Rose, who is 23rd. Texas has Zach Van Sant at 24th and Alvin Jiang at 30th. Yeah. I think Alvin's going to get up there and score. 
you know, you ha- again, you have to remember both of these teams are better than anybody at dropping from seed going into NCAAs. And, you know, you think about this and you look, oh, top 16 seed, 45-2, they have to drop two-tenths of a second to get there. But it's not even really that, right? Because a lot of those guys ahead of them are going to add time. Um, so I think I think Dari Rose will drop a couple of tenths and he'll get into the B final. I think Alvin Jang could be in the A final. Um, I think he could be. There's going to be a lot of 44s, and I think he's a 44 guy. So I think 44, 44 scores points for sure. Um, and I think he's got a chance at the A final. So I would guess both will score. I don't think either team is going to go donut in this race. I would agree. And the other name to look at that's far down the site, she was Brendan Burns from Indiana, seated 25th, didn't swim the 100 fly at Big Tens, did the two fly, two back double, um, but it's opted for the 100 fly, 100 back double at NCAAs. That's somebody, he was a B finalist last year, I think he was 13th. Um, Moving up from 25th seems like an inevitability for for Brendan Burns. Look at the new guy. The new guy is crushing it. Nice job, Michael. That was a good find. Naperville, that's what that's about. <laughs> <Doing us> proud. <laughs> All right. Uh, 200 free. We've got 130, 130, 131, 131. We've got four guys who are 131.3 or faster, which seven years ago was not even possible. <laughs> this is, it's, I like the progression in this event. Who do we see taken first? I, I already know who you're going to pick, Coleman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think if you pick Sates in the 500, you got to pick him in the 200, right? False. <laughs> oh, um, I don't know. I think it's Kieran again. I think, you know, Curry, the fourth seed, I think he's he's been more focused on 500. So I don't see him dropping enough to get, get this one. Um, Kibler, God, I could see Kibler coming up and winning it. Mm-hmm. Is that your pick, Coleman? America's uh, new favorite game show. Try to pick <laughs> Coleman's pick. Not if it's your pick. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I got I gotta like Kieran again. I think he'll go a one twenty nine in the individual event this time. It won't be. A, I don't think he'll go best time, but I think he'll go a one twenty nine real high in the individual event, and I think he's going to win both of these races, five hundred, two hundred. One twenty nine ninety nine. I do like the uh, I do like the return to uh, Georgia Tech Simon Burnett's 131 from from 2006 NCAA's. I do like the the imagery of that for the 200 free throwing down a big race. I, I do think that that Kieran Smith is is the winner here. Um, but I, Grant House has been great since Arizona State. You know, took the redshirt year last year. Um, I, I know that we're seem be pretty skeptical on the double taper until they prove otherwise. But um, I, I think Kieran Smith goes faster than 129.9, probably 129.6, let's say, to win. Well, it's it's funny with these Arizona State guys, right? They have all these top seeds, and it sort of feels like we have to pick them all to win or not. And I guess that's not necessarily true. Um, but – I just, I don't feel Grant House here. I, I just don't feel him as the win and I don't have a good reason for it, which I'm sure Grant will be on Instagram telling me I'm biased, but I just, I, I, you know, he's been in this Arizona state system for a while. So it's not like Marshawn where we have that kind of unknown that we can hang our hats on of, oh, maybe he'll be the, the difference in the double taper. Um, I just don't feel Grant winning it. 
I don't know. I'm going with you guys. I think Kieran's going to take it. I think he can repeat. I think he's as, you know, as people mature, they get a little more natural speed. Um, Kieran's done it on the international stage. He's done it on this stage. He's the defending champion. I think he can, I think he can go 130. I think he can go 129. And I think he gets it. <clears throat> End of well, discussion. It, it, not. Um, <laughs> let's talk about uh, Wen Zhang from Air Force. We got a top eight seed from a mid-major. I like that. I don't think he's going to finish top eight, but I, I like the seed. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it seems like there were quite a few mid-majors who really made noise at women's NCs. Um the, I remember there was an SCSU girl who made finals. Maybe it's just in the breaststrokes, and maybe that's because that happens in breaststrokes a lot. Uh, but I, it seems like we had at least a few mid-majors who, who did pretty decently at the women's meet. And, I mean, I, I think we always see at least a few score, but that'd be pretty significant. 132, too. I mean, I, again, we've talked about the progression of this event, but, like, that is legit He's already dropped for anyone. Points. 2.3 seconds this year already. It'd be hard to keep going, but be Either awesome. He's if on the roll did. or he's hit the ceiling. Like one of the two. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. Uh good find, Braden. What do you what do you, what do you think? You think he'll score but not top eight? Uh, yeah, I think I see a B final. I think that's a fair assessment. And this event is always ends up being slower than we think it is by the, the point that it is in the meet. They've already swum the 800 free relay. Like after the 800 free relay, everybody looks at this race and says, oh, my God, the 200 free is going to be insanely fast. And it ends up being fairly in line with with the rest of, of what's going on. And, you know, I, I think probably 133.5 makes it back to the B final, maybe a little bit faster than that. And I. He's been 132-2 already. I mean, it'd be a pretty big implosion to jump up to 133 high. And he's going to have a lot less races than most of the guys ahead of him. Um, Air, so Air Force last scored at NCAAs in 2016. Before that, it was 2006. So they've scored 13 times, but most of those were the 60s and the 70s when things were much different than they are today. Wow. 16th seed is 132-6. You think 133.5 is going to score? I well, it scored last year. I got it up. Um, 132.9 made it to the B final last year. I, I say that. Uh, then maybe I'm a little I'm probably a little slow on that. Then. But, but the 17th finisher in prelims was 133.4. So it was, wow. it was a very a clear line after 16th. Ah. <clears throat> Interesting. Well, Maybe I don't. What about don't Luke Maurer? What about Luke Maurer? I, uh, you know, his little brother is the best high school 200 freestyler in the country. I don't think that means much. <laughs> well, but he's, you know, he's already been way faster than last year. He's part of this, this Stanford rising wave. I think it's again, one of these things that we either think Stanford is going to do well or, or we don't, but if we think Stanford's going to do well, he's a 25th seed. I think he's in, I think he's high B final of Stanford keeps riding their wave high b final is in like ninth or tenth yeah or I maybe 11th i don't see that i i would say low b final i mean he's 132.99 we just said it takes 132.9 to score so like i think he could score but stanford swam really fast at cal stanford duel which they were suited for granted they swam really fast at pack 12s 
I'm not saying they won't swim really fast here, but that'd be three meets that they like keep jumping. And I'm not, I don't think they'll have a major jump. I think they could still go fast here, but I see, I could see him making the B final and scoring, but I don't, I, I think it would take 132 mid to get ninth, 10th, 11th. And I don't think he can go that far. So to be clear, Coleman, <laughs> as a, as a, are you a little brother or an older brother? A little brother. So as a little brother, you don't believe that little brothers can inspire their older brothers. I don't think inspiration alone equates to another big time drop after a significant time drop. <laughs> Wyatt, you heard it here first. Coleman doesn't think you can get any faster than you are right now. That's, that's a far, fault. far reach. <laughs> we are moving on to the hundred breast. Can someone dethrone Max the Killer McHugh? Casper. You know, at Casper is the is the Anna Alent of the, the Texas men's team where he came back from the Olympics and he's just, it seems like he's on a different gear. Um, Casper, Casper Corbo from Texas. Um, so I think if anybody's going to do it, it's Casper. Um, Max has got to be the favorite. I'm still picking Max to win, but I think, I think it's going to be a touch. I think it's going to be a fingernail. Yeah, I also think that that Max McHugh is the the guy to beat here. Like he's he's one of the best fifty breaststrokers on a relay in history, maybe the the fastest ever. He's got plenty of speed. He's the top speed in the two hundred breast. Like there, there's a combination of speed and endurance, and there, there's just too much there for I think for anybody else to overcome. the The other name that that is kind of interesting to me is, is Reese Whitley sitting in the fifth seed. Like he's, you know, he, he was an age group superstar, was fantastic out of high school and has, has been rock solid for Cal for every year that he's been there. He's been making a ton of a finals. I don't, I don't think he's got the 50 point low 49 high that it may, it may take to beat McHugh, but, but I think a top three finish for sure for Whitley is, uh, is definitely in the cards. I still think Cal should have made Reese into a butterfly or I but that's a different conversation for a different day. Uh, the name that's standing out to me is fifth year Louisville Evgeny Samov. I was just going to bring that up. Uh, like, <clears throat> I think, again, I'm, I'm saying Louisville's going to drop from their uh, ACC times, maybe a little, maybe more than a little, not a lot, I don't think. But also the having the composure to – five Pete in an event at a conference meet that just got better and better every single year he was in the conference. I feel like at NCAAs, he could definitely be that guy to not necessarily drop a 49 or a 50 low, but if it's a race, he could, he could be the one to touch first. You know, the interesting angle on him is that he left NCAAs early last year to go home for Russia's Olympic trials. Um, we saw a few swimmers skip or leave early from NCAAs last year because of international trials. This year, it's it's still not entirely clear if Russia is going to have a trials, if they're going to swim at Worlds. Um, but it, you know, we've been given no indication that he's going to leave early again. Um, and so, I, you know, does that mean he's he's more tapered for this than he was last year, where he was fourth last year? Um, does that mean he's more focused for this? Maybe, and it. I think that that's something that could allow him to get a 50 point at the same time. If Russia still thinks they're going to the world championships, they're going to have a trials. Maybe he's swimming through it because he, he showed last year that that is his priority. 
All right. Any other outliers that you guys see in the hunter breast? I think there's, there's at least three guys down the table as I look through the list. So you got four, let's call it four. Josh Matheny from Indiana as a freshman still hasn't really been back to his high school best times, even though he trains at the breaststroke university. Um, we haven't talked much about Indiana so far going through here. They were great at big tens, but you know, it feels like a year where they've got a, you know, they've got a chance at pulling off something special, like a top three, four finish at NCAA is getting a trophy. So I think that this is their focus meet for the year. Um, so I think we can see him in the a final, if he's kind of back on track to where he was in high school, um, you keep going, you got cows, Liam bell, a junior transfer. He hasn't really panned out as good as he was at Alabama, but he's a scorer. If he get, figures that out, Michael Hooley, who came to Tennessee with so many accolades after a, a really fast, was it a youth Olympics or a world yeah, juniors youth Olympics, youth Olympics. Um, and then uh, one more transfer, the eight seed, Trent Polini from USC. You know, he did a lot of really good swimming at Purdue. Um, and now he's at USC. And we saw the USC women swim well at NCAAs. The men's team is not quite as good as the women's team is at USC, I don't think. Uh, but, you know, they, if, if he swims well, he, he could be their fifth-year transfer star of the meet. Um, so I think, uh, I think we should not sleep on Trent Polini. Yeah, the other name that I'll throw out there is the 17th seed Cal Pumpudis from Georgia Tech. Um, he he was a stud last year for Georgia Tech. He's kind of flown under the radar a bit, I feel like, this year. Um, but with some home cooking in, in Atlanta, I, I think he's he's potentially primed to move up from that seat as well. I don't know if Atlanta home cooking is a good thing for a swim meet. <laughs> <laughs> Biscuits and gravy. <laughs> it certainly wasn't for me last week. I well, let me say I love the I love the cooking in Atlanta. Great food, but maybe not for physical performance. <clears throat> All right, hundred back. Brendan Burns is the top seed. Look at that. We got at forty four three. We got Hunter Armstrong, Olympian in the event at forty four three, and we have Casper Stokowski forty four three. Whew, this is a tight field. I know our preview of this just came out and we were hyping Burns, Armstrong and Dustin Lasco, but I mean, what Dustin's the 10th seed. I mean, that, that's how deep this field is right now. Somebody huge is going to be left out of this a, a final, you know, a Dean Ferris or a Daniel Carr or an Alvin Jang or Gabrielle Fantoni. Like one of these guys, that's a big name guy is going to be left out of this a final. Um, and I, I wouldn't want to be that guy. Um, you know, I think Brendan, we got to consider this will, this will be a double kind of the opposite of what Michael was talking about in the hundred fly this time, this will be a double. Um, so that's probably going to impact him. I'm really high on Adam Cheney. I think he's just got that, like go out and swim fast at the big meet. Don't think about it kind of mentality. Like, I, I don't think he's, He's the kind of guy who's going to show up at NCAAs and overthink the moment. I think he's going to show up and swim fast. Um, so I think Adam Cheney is my pick, but there are so many dudes in this race. Yeah, I, the name that I was looking at was Lasco. Um, with the, the, the ninth seed, was finished third last year. He's coming in a little bit faster than he was seeded last year. Um, coming into this meet, and, and obviously with Shane Cassis going pro early, this this field has just opened up entirely. Um, and this event feels like it's 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 an event for the taking where 
Um, if there were, if I had a magic eight ball that gave me a name of somebody that won, a half a dozen guys could come up and in, in, in that eight ball. And I'd say, yeah, I, I could see that happening. Um, I think as, as Braden said, Brendan Burns, this will, assuming he makes the, makes the second swim in the hundred fly, this will be his fourth race of the day. Um, that's, that's a, a tough ask to hold on to a top seed, uh, on the fourth race of the day. Um, so I, I think I'm going to go with Lasco and, and as Braden said, there's somebody big that's going to be left out of the final here. Um, and, and my gut is going similarly with Brendan Burns, um, having four swims. If Alvin Zhang makes the final of the, of the hundred fly like that, this will also be his fourth swim of the day, which is, which is a big ask. He was fourth last year. Um, this field is, is really deep and it's going to come down to, to hundreds and tens to, to who's going to make in the A final. And, and in our projections that, that he was the kind of the odd man out, um, you know, in our picks that went live earlier. So I've, I've got, I've got the ultimate dark horse. I think he gets top three. Anthony Grimm. I knew that's who you were University of Texas. So what's he seated, Coleman? Where we got? He's at Grimm is 21st 21st. at 45.6. So I want to take you back um, to, you know, he was 45.9 in the 100 back at Big 12s. I want to take you back to 2018. Another University of Texas freshman backstroker, Austin Katz. He went 46.0 in the 100 back at Big 12s. 139-1 139-1 in the 200 back, showed up at NCAAs. He won that year, did he not? No. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, he You're won wrong. the 200. He won the 200 back. <laughs> yes. Um, he was fourth in the 100 back, 44-99. I think Texas has got backstroke figured out better. You know, Cal gets a lot of backstroke credit for, for good reason. Um, and Texas doesn't seem to have as many backstrokers, but I think they know how to – get their backstroke guys on track in a hurry. I'm using the Austin Katz example. And I think Anthony Grimm is going to go 44, nine, 44, eight, be top three. Would be a huge time drop for him uh, because I think 45 mid is his best either from high school or, or that Uh, there's no way he gets third. I, I do not see that happening at all, especially not with a 44, nine. Um, I think this field's too deep. I think Bjorn, here's my insider information. I was talking to Ryan Murphy at the Westmont Pro Swim earlier this month. Bjorn Seeliger has swam 100 back all of like three times in his career. The week before Pac-12s, Bjorn's like, hey, Ryan, how do I do a backstroke start? And uh, <laughs> they, he... Ryan said he took advice so well. He's like, he did one. Ryan was like, okay, do this thing. Did another. And he did that thing. And he's like, okay, now do this thing. He did that. And then it was like, boom. And then he had a backstroke start. He went 44, eight in pac 12 prelims. And he dogged the last 12 and a half. Like he just stopped swimming essentially. And he went 44, seven in finals. He's got a 44, two in him. According to Mr. Backstroke himself, Ryan Murphy. And I believe him. I think Bjorn's going to have a huge meet, and I think he takes Hunter back. Ryan's not here to defend his picks, but maybe we can have him on after NCAAs to answer for it, if he's right <laughs> or if he's wrong. Um, we've also, got, you know, another Cal guy. We've also got Bryce Mefford at 28th seed, who took the first semester off, kind of slowly getting back into it. I'm really 
curious to see what he can, how his trajectory goes. I think it'll be faster at NCAAs. It's just a matter of how much faster, um, because he, I think he's got that a final potential as well. Yeah. He's, he's a weird one. It's hard to figure out exactly what's going on with him when, you know, how much training he's been doing. Um, this is a big, we have to remember, this is a huge momentum race because Cal and Texas both have three or four guys who could score, um, who can, you know, yeah, and then yeah. and we'll see it again in the 200 back on the final day of the meet. These backstrokes are big momentum swing swing. So if you see like an Anthony Grimm get into the a final, that could be, the, that could be the meat, you know, that yeah. could, that could be the meat. Um, and if you see Cal go three up, that could be the meat too, which they very well could do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, you know, it's a, it's going to be a great race on an individual level with so many guys. Um, but I, you know, I'm looking at it uh, from a perspective of what it's going to do to the team race. And I think it's going to be the race of the day from that perspective. Yeah. And I, I, I actually feel pretty confident that Mefford's going to score. I mean, he comes in as the sixth seed in the 200 back. And if you've kind of been taking it slow and working your way back, you know, the, the aerobic base and, and the longer event is probably going to be the one that's a little bit more of a challenge, even though that's kind of where he's more predisposed to naturally being a finalist of trials last summer in the 200 back. Um, but it, he comes in with a six seed in the 200 back. I, I feel like he's, he's probably in a position to move up. It seems like he's, he's not that far off of, um, you know, being a big impact player again for Cal, even though there was some uncertainty about him being on the roster early in the year. On that note, Let's talk about the tuner backstroke. Day four, last day. You skipped got... the mile again. Are we skipping the mile? Are we, we going to skip the mile? The mile comes last. Coleman skipped the mile last week too. I'm going down the live results. <laughs> no no love for distance swimmers. Coleman's the mile comes last. Coleman's a hater. He probably doesn't want them to add the 1,000 NCAAs either. I don't. That'd be dumb. Yeah. Well, yeah, it would be, but... <laughs> All right, 200, 200 backstroke. Cal has the top two seeds, Destin and Daniel. Uh, is it theirs to lose, or do you think someone can break them up? You know, this isn't a race. I don't think this race is quite as wild as 100 back, but again, we've got, you know, a Carson Foster lurking in fifth, Bryce Mefford, Kieran Smith um, lurking in eighth. Everybody has to remember we know him best as a middle distance freestyler, but he came to Florida as a backstroker IMer, um, and and just like everything else, he wasn't he didn't seem full strength at SECs. Like he's saving a little something. Um, so there's a lot of good names here. I I would I would put my money on a Cal one two in some order, but um, there's a lot of good names in this race. Maybe not in their primary events, but still some good names. Yeah, and I, I think for me, the, the better question is, is how fast is Lasco going to go? I mean, he was 135.9 last year. Ryan Murphy's records of everything is 135.7. Um, are, are we going to expect him to go to break Ryan Murphy's, you know, Cal record and, and everything else that goes along with the NCAA record, meet record, American record, U.S. Open record? As just a uh, sophomore. And he's just a sophomore. And and again, with the, I said this in the 200 free, Ryan Murphy went 135.7 in this pool in 2016. So the, uh, the stage is set for, for a poetic ending to the uh, Ryan Murphy backstroke records from, from his Cal successor. Yeah, I, I, Destin's definitely going to win. 
I mean, <clears throat> I think it'd be a huge upset if anyone else took it. I think like Braden said earlier, I think this is more like Texas has Carson at the fifth seed, but then Chris O'Connor at the 18th seed, and that's their only two entries. So I think this is more of a Cal could get a huge momentum from this event, which they have in the last few years with all of their sensational backstrokers. Like, I don't think Texas will be expecting as much from this event, but if they do get one up, one down, I think that'd be big for them as well. All right, 100 free. Oh, 40.99 already this season from Brooks Curry. Do we think he can he can take it all the way and not only be SEC champion, but NCAA as well? <laughs> I just I just don't think we've seen a ton of evidence from that. I guess he did have a pretty good double taper from trials to the Olympics, right? He swam uh, well at the Olympics. He's he led off in like 48-7, I think. Prelims. Oh, really? Yeah. I um, yeah, I don't think so. I think Daniel Kruger, I think Bjorn Seliger. Um, I'm most curious to see what Hunter Armstrong can do. Cause I think everybody's learned a lot about him as a sprint freestyler this year. And I don't know how many people knew that about him going in, um, Adam Cheney again, lurking in 11th I'm high on your boy, Dean, the dream, um, will probably be in the a final this, oh, yeah. this again, it feels like a race where there's 15 guys for the a final. Um, so good luck. I don't, I don't think Brooks is going to do it. I think Kruger's going to do it. Obviously yeah. I don't think Jordan Kirks is going to do it. If I picked, if we picked him eighth in the 50 free, I, I he could be seventh in the 50 free. I think he'll be out of the A final in this. Yeah. I mean, Ferris comes in with the, with the fastest lifetime best, right. At 40.8 from 2019 NCAA is when he won. Um, and like I, I, I liked Curry in the 50 and I think Curry's better at the hundred than he is at the 50. So it, it, I have to go with, with Curry here in the hundred as well. Um, even though we, we, we seem to be a little bit down on Jordan Crooks for this meet, like it, he's got one of the best stories in, in NCAA swimming this year. I feel like coming from the Cayman islands, obviously not a huge swimming nation, kind of a relative unknown walking in the door. And then all of a sudden he's 18, five and, and 41, four as a freshman. Um, you know, we'll see how he, how he does here, but regardless of finish, I think is, is one of the best storylines of, of the NCAA season thus far. For was Crooks. he, was he living in the Cayman islands? Cause his sister, is in Alaska, right? That I don't know. I think, I I think she's know. like the, the number two swimmer in Alaska behind Lydia Jacoby. Nice. <laughs> I'd rather uh, live in the Cayman Islands than Alaska personally, but to each their own. <laughs> um, I am not saying this just to be contrary, but it brings me joy to be contrary. I do think Brooks is going to get it done. Uh, We've seen him get better and better every year. He is coming off an Olympic gold medal, regardless of how he swam at that meet. I think that's a huge confidence. It's, it gives him a lot of momentum. He's half a second ahead of the field. And I think that matters the least in, in an event like the hundred free that's on day four, where all these guys have swam two other individuals, but I do think it helps his case. And I think he can get if, if anyone can go 40 point on that last day in the final, it's him because he'll know what it takes. And he's coming off a massive high from this summer. Anyone else in the hundred free? 
Minikov, he was off at Pac-12s a little bit in this event. He was great in the 100 fly, and then the next day he just was not not on in the 100 free. I think that there's a chance that something uh, – he's a name to watch out for coming in the fourth seed, 41-47. I'll buy it. 200 breasts. What about Bruno? We don't talk about Bruno. No, no, no. Bruno Blaskovich, I think, from Indiana is the 30th seed. It's from a Disney movie, Coleman. Um <laughs> It, AKA TikTok. Um, he's a fifth year. He had that injury to his back. Um, and now he seems to be back at full strength. I think he could be, I think he's going to score in at least two events. We're not talking enough about the Indiana guys. I think we're not talking enough about the Indiana guys. I'm going to say that again. I, I think that's because they, we talked about Brendan Burns. Other than that, they have a really solid roster, but he's like their star. And I think they're going to have other guys who score in a finals, but I don't think they're going to like, I, I, I agree with you that they could get third or fourth, but I don't think like they're going to win anything else. That's my opinion, man. Tuna breast. It's just like your uh, opinion, man. That's just my opinion, man. We've got three 149s this season. God, this meat is fast. Is 149 fast anymore? I mean, I guess the record's been 147 for five years, so maybe not, but it's With still what pretty legit. The long course 200, I'm so glad Loretta isn't here right now because she'd already be yelling at me for mentioning long course, but with what we've seen in that race, it feels like we should be getting back into 148, 147 territory again in yards. Feels yeah, like it. Yeah. The 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 interesting piece of this to me, and, and maybe this is the Homer pick as the University of Pennsylvania alum uh, in the chat here, but is Matt Fallon in, in the second seed. He he was in long course, was 208 uh, at trials last summer, top seed going into the trials and then or into the finals, and obviously you know, fell apart a little bit in the final, but he, he swims this race so differently than a lot of these, these other guys do in terms of, of coming on in the back half. Um, you know, 149.7 in December, he clearly did not receive much rest at all for the Ivy League championships. I mean, you know, Penn was, was pretty solidly in the third position there and wasn't probably going to move much up or down in either direction. So to let him focus on this meet is, is definitely the right call. Um, and I think he's, he's obviously got as good of a shot as anybody, especially if he's coming in, you know, with this as his sole focus, you know, whereas others were maybe had a little bit more of a bifurcated focus between conference and NCAAs. You can tell Michael went to Penn because he just said bifurcated. Um, Matt, so, you know, when you look through this field, you got Max McHugh, who's a sprinter, right? He's the number one seed. Matt Fallon, who's a freshman, the number two seed. Reese Whitley is probably the... The, has the best combination of being a pure 200 breaststroker and um, experience. Leanne Marchand internationally is a pure IMer. Hugo Gonzalez has been training for the backstroke races, not the breaststroke races. Um, Josh Matheny is a freshman. You know, like this, this field doesn't have, it feels like it's, it's wanting for pure 200 breaststrokers, um, which obviously after the women's meet, we have to, sort of changed the way we talk about that. But, you know, this is this is a different kind of race than most races on the schedule. To me, that gives Casper Corbeau as good a chance as any um, to, to jump up and win this. He's the seventh seed. I really like him in this race. I think he's on fire. I think he's on a war path. 
and I think I think he's I think he's after the Olympics he came back with like a new focus just from talking to people around him. Um, some changes in his personal life have maybe brought him some more focus in the pool. And given that there's not a lot of pure 200 breaststrokers in this field, I think he is a better 200 breaststroker than a 100 breaststroker. And I just, I think he's, I think he's got a 148 and I think we should be seeing more 148s. So I think he's going to win it. I, I'm with you both. I think Matt and Casper are going to go one, two. In what order? Who, uh, yeah, sure. Um, you know, Matt's another guy that that Olympic trials final was not great, and, and he's young, so we don't need to pile on him too much for it. But he was great in the early rounds and and not great in the Olympic trials final, so he's got that to get off his back a little bit. I think if we're picking him for the win, yeah, there is there is the part of that that's. He's he's 18 walking in as the top seed at, at, at trials, right? And well, he he either learned from it or he's gonna he's gonna crumble from it. And uh, if there's one thing I know about kids at Penn is they're good at learning. So I'll uh... <laughs> we will leave it at that. Thank God that there's only one Penn swimmer at this meeting. We don't have to listen to Michael. <laughs> All right, 200 fly. Is Nick Albiero gonna repeat? I don't, I don't know. The answer is yes. Okay. Yes. There's just so many guys. I really like Trenton Julian. He had such a good trials meet. Um, what's, what are you making your faces about? <laughs> look at his race. At, like, come on, look at last year's race. Like, look at his race at trials. And then what he did right after trials. Like, I love Trenton too. I would love to see him win this but I do not think that he can get past Nick. Okay. Because he goes out super fast and then dies every time he swims this race. And Nick does the exact opposite and just eats everyone for lunch. So Brendan Burns went 139.8 at Big Tens on the back end of a double. What do you think he can go without the double? 38.5. That's fair. 38 something, 38 mid to high here. What, what do you think Luca can go? 37.9. What do you think Trenton can go? 38.1. I'm, I'm, these, these are my ceilings. What do I think? Are these your Mel Stewart Nick... picks or are these your, your <laughs> Coleman Hodges picks? These are my Coleman Hodges picks. What do I think Nick can go? 37.4. Ooh. Ooh. I think Didn't Albiero and Orlando both miss their midseason invites. And put him right with where Conger with Conger's records, which would would be phenomenal swim. I I think I'm going to go with Luca. So I like I, I just think that there's there's a really good like he's been swimming great and and I'm like I'm all for for the George Bulldog 200 fly train here. I like I think I'm going Nick Luca. Um, Nick, Luca, Burns, Julian, Matt Sates is what I'm, I'm most curious about. You know, he went 139.8 and everything we've said about him at SECs, and we don't think he's near his best yet. Um, I really want to know what he can do in this. I just want to know. Just tell me. <laughs> tell me why. Coleman, what, what is Matt Sates going to go on the 200 fly? 138.9. 
That's what I see. I'm going under. Next up, 1650. I don't think we need to talk about this. Bobby Fink's going to win. Yeah. The Even argument? with the COVID break, I think it's still going to be Bobby. Fine. Move on. <laughs> All right. 400 free relay. Uh, Cal's top seed in Arizona State is one one hundredth behind them. NC State is about two tenths back. Virginia and Texas are lurking, uh, three tenths behind them. Who do we think here? Look, I'm going to make this weird. You ready to get weird, guys? How many teams do you think had all four legs go under 42 seconds at NCAAs last year? None. None. That's correct. Um, Ohio State at Big Tens went 41 I think Ohio State at NCAAs gets all four under 42. I think uh, Hunter on the leadoff gets close to a 41-0, and I think the Buckeyes pulled the upset. Wait, this, they did that, and they were too – wow, that's really interesting. Okay. Because I, I think I think I, it feels like Hunter is going to step up in this moment, um, be, the, be the big man that he is, uh, swim fast, and I think that's enough to carry them to a win. It's going to be the shocker of the meet. I think the, the one piece of this that – to consider is, is how close the, the team race is between Cal and Texas at this point is if they are within, you know, a handful of points, I, I don't think that there's any way that, that they allow Ohio state to, to jump up in there and potentially ruin a team title for either Cal or Texas. Um, if it's close at the end, if, if it's, if it comes down to Cal needs to win the relay to win the meet, I'll trust the top seed to win the relay to win the meet. Spoken like a true swim coach, assuming that more pressure leads to better times, which every swim coach in the world believes, and we see time and time again, is not true. Uh, I like Braden's pick, uh, actually. I think this is a – the foreigner free relay is a passion project. It's whoever is the most motivated. It's, it's the end of a four-day just onslaught, right? And so I think whoever is – Whoever is feeling it, I, I agree that like if it comes down to this relay for Cal and Texas, I think we're going to see one of them really step it up. Um, but Ohio State, if they had 341s and a 42-0, and they've kind of, you know, they're, they're women, I don't, I don't know points-wise how they performed, but it seemed like their women had a pretty solid meet. Um, the, the team – energy was certainly there for at the women's meet. And so it seems like Ohio state's just kind of on a roll generally. So I like it. God, what an awful pick Coleman, Ohio state. The only team that does worse at NCAAs versus seed than Ohio state is Michigan. There's no way Ohio state wins this, wins this race. It's going to be Cal in Texas. I got to agree with you there, Braden. <laughs> um, no, I, I look, this so this is this Ohio State pick. I do I actually think they're going to win? No, it's sort of an upset special pick. If I'm going to pick one wild winner um, if from this whole meet, I like that one. Um, I do think Cal and Texas because they've got maybe they'll have a 42 on the relay, but they'll also have a 40 point, and I think that will make the difference. Um, but it's fun to dream, right? It's been a long podcast. We can. We can say something stupid now. We can dream. And on that note, let's let's end this podcast with a few quick sink or swims. Mm-hmm.
first of all, on sink or swim, is Texas going to win the 2022 men's NCAA championships? Sink or swim? This might be the hardest one we've had since doing swim swim. Um, You know, Cal, Cal historically improves from seed better than Texas does. And Cal is seeded first. Usually the Texas diving um, sort of makes up for that. Uh, but Texas doesn't have the diving they've had in the past. You know, maybe I think the best case scenario for Texas diving is 30 or 35 points. And based on zones, it might not be that many. Um, I think, I think the re I think, Oh God, I don't know. I dodging the question, Braden. (laughs) I think Cal is going to win it. But it's going to be so close. So I mean, it's, a, it's not, I would put, I would not put any amount of money on that pick. So that's a sink. I'm sinking it. Michael. Yeah, I guess I'll sink as well. I, uh, uh, this is my first time, so I, I don't really know the sink or swim terminology, but I'll sink it, I guess, if that's the way Braden's going. Cause I also think Cal, Cal pulls it out. Like this is their, this is their best shot that they've had in, in the last few years with, with Texas's diving advantage being fairly mitigated this year. And, and I think they know that Durden knows that. Um, and, and he has had this team prepared to swim well at this meet for well over a decade. And, and I think that they're going to step up to the plate here. All right. Continuing the trend of team placements. We Hold got- it, make your pick. Nope. <laughs> Coleman, make the pick. I command thee. Make I'm sinking it as well. I think Cal can pull it out. I think Uh-oh, that's a curse. Trio, it's a curse. I, I think they can pull it off. I mean, look, we have to we have to make it clear to our readers just because all three of us picked Cal doesn't make Cal the overwhelming favorite, right? Like it's this is a coin toss meet at best. I think the, I think the advantage Cal has is uh, they've got the huge fifth year class who all stuck around to chase this team title. They've won before, they've lost before, so they've got that top end leadership, a huge class that is, is that scores a lot of points that says, "All right, youngsters, this is how we're doing it. This is what we're gonna do." Whereas Texas is leaning a lot on their younger swimmers, their freshman and sophomore classes. Um, so I think that's the advantage Cal has, especially at a meet like NCAAs. Moving on, sticking with team placements, uh, Arizona State men are seated to place fourth to get their first trophy and I don't know, maybe forever, probably not, but in a long while. Stanford is seated, men are seated sixth after a sensational Pac-12 performance. Sink or swim, they will hold or better those seeds. Arizona State's best ever finish at NCAA's is sixth in 1982. Um, I am going to sink Arizona State holding that spot. Um, they're seated like two and a half points ahead of NC State, something like that. Um, so they again, they feel like a broken record, but they don't have to be that far off to slip from that spot. I am also going to sink Stanford, not because I don't think they're going to have a good meet, but they've got Indiana Louisville behind them. I think Indiana Louisville will both have good meets. I think the only way Stanford holds their spot is if Arizona state slides far enough that Stanford actually jumps them. I think that's kind of Stanford's only chance, but I, you know, I've got Arizona state probably 
sixth and Stanford probably eighth. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have both of them swim. Cool. Actually, I'm gonna dis, I'm gonna disagree with Braden. I'll start I'll start with Stanford first. They, um, as Coleman said earlier, they they've kind of they swam pretty well in in November. They swam really well in their dual meet against Cal. They swam even better at, against or at at Pac-12s where they were right in the hunt to win that thing through the end. Um, and they have a, a lot of top end talent with Minikov being as good as anybody at this meet and what he does. And, and Ron Polanski has been fantastic as a freshman as well. Um, the big thing with Stanford is, is they have divers. Arizona state doesn't have divers. Cal doesn't have die. You know, there, there's a lot of, uh, Connor Casey's a, is a great diver for Stanford. They've got other guys coming to the meet as well to dive. Um, that but can you know who else has divers? Indiana. Indiana, Indiana diver. Yeah. So Indiana's got, Indiana's got a lot of diving too, as, as you said, but like it, for me, I think Stanford challenges for a top five finish with potentially 40 plus points coming from the boards, uh, which is a, a place that a lot Louisville doesn't Louisville doesn't have, have 40 plus points coming from the diving well. So um, I also, ASU, I think is going to be really close here with fourth. They're seated really well. And, and the best that they can do in a lot of these places is hold their seats, which makes me scared a little bit to, to have them listed as, as swim. But I, I think the Marchand is, is legit. Um, and we'll, we'll see if, if house can hold it or not, but I like, I like ASU to, to hold it up as well. Michael, I feel like you made your, made the case for them slipping better than I did. So thank you for that. Well, I don't know maybe <laughs> yeah I gotta sink both those as well I just <clears throat> I don't think we've seen the data from either team whereas you know like a Cal or Texas we know they're going to do better at this meet than than they're seated especially because like you said ASU is seated so high uh it's going to be hard for them to hold on to that fourth place so I don't see it happening for either of these teams it makes me really excited that both those teams ha- are doing are on the up but fourth and sixth would be a lot. Uh, so our final sink or swim, this isn't necessarily a sink or swim, but this week's poll, who will be, who will score the most points at the men's NCAA meet? We listed like 10 dudes. My pick is none of them. Uh, but Braden, who's your pick? Who do you think will be the high point scorer? I think it's going to be Karen Smith because I think he's going to win the 200, 500 and he'll be good enough in the 200 back. I don't think we're going to see a triple winner. Um, if we, eh, if we did, it'd be Destin Lasco. So it's going to be Kieran or Destin. You know what? I changed my mind. I think it's going to be Destin. Michael. Right. Well, I've had Destin Lasco written down the whole time. So I I will, (laughs) I will stick with that pick. Um, the, the problem with, with Marsh and, and Foster, which is two of the other options on the poll is, is there's a chance that one of them wins one and one of them wins the other in the IMs and, um, it's, it's hard to be the high point swimmer in the meet if you got two people kind of knocking each other down as they go. Uh, so I, I'm going to go with Lasco. Well, like I said, my pick is none of these because I think Bjorn Seeliger is going to have a sensational meet. I think he'll be top three in all his events. I think he'll win at least one. So I think he will be high point. Boom. That's, That's the a big pick. It's not a bad pick. If you got to go off a list, it's a pretty good pick. That's, that's who I'm going with. Uh, I think he's going to have a monster meet here, especially because he has a year of experience under his belt. 
any anything else before we <laughs> before we sign off on this hour plus men's NCAA preview? Hey, Michael. Yeah. Nice job. Oh, thank you. I was nervous, <laughs> but I, I, you know, maybe I have a future on Sports Center someday. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, don't don't push it. <laughs> this is one's my breakdown. <laughs>